This morning, it is my absolute privilege to share um, something from God's Word with you, and hopefully it will be a word of encouragement and something practical for you to take home with you today. Those of you who do not know me, I am Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here at um, Destiny, and it is uh, my absolute pleasure in the absence of Pastor David, who's gone to, um, to the Den of Lions, as he calls it. And I was like, I do that every day, you know, Monday to Friday. It's like, no, and Eric's there the same, and Tim's there the same. It's like, you know, you work in your graces, yeah? You work in your grace zones. And uh, yeah, like him in front of prisoners, you know, us in front of lions. All right, welcome. You know, um, this morning, it is my absolute privilege to just welcome you guys and just encourage you to say that you've made a better choice. Yes, you found yourself in, in God, in, in, in a house where you are rubbing shoulders with other saints. And Scripture says, and Scripture is fulfilled in what you're doing today. Do not stop, you know, for the gathering together of saints as we, as we do this, you know, iron sharpens iron. Amen? Right. So we've been uh, going through a sermon series, The Supremacy of Relationships. And relationships are so important. I mean, we've been listening to Pastor David and Pastor Sharon share 42 points with us in the last couple of weeks. How many of you can just rattle them off for me? Come on. Come on. Right. Two maybe. Come on. Give, somebody give me a couple of things that you picked up. Like, sounds like a teaching session. One thing. Kindness. Yes. Manners. Yes. Understanding. Patience. Truth. Laughter. Yes. Good. I've got a good bunch of people who are listening, so the 56 uh, points that I'm going to bring this morning. No, I'm just kidding. I've just got three points, all right? So it's going to be so much easier. You wouldn't have to be like, you know, burning those... um, those thumbs on those phone icons and stuff to get your notes done. So this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, open with me to um, the book of Genesis. I just want to start off with some scripture. The book of Genesis. And it's the story of the Tower of Babel. So it says, Now the whole world had one language. Say one language. And common speech. Say common speech. Awesome. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in China and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them through, thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Next slide. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the people were building. The Lord said, key point, if... As one people, say one people. Speaking the same language, say speaking the same language. They have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Say impossible. Amen. All right, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. Let us pray. Daddy God, we come before you this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you've given it to us, that we may learn something from it. Lord, I pray that the words you've placed in my heart would find good soil and bring forth fruit in the heart of the people listening this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Communication. This morning I want to talk to you about communication. 
And I struggled to title this because um, I had key communication is key or communication skis or he's communication. And I settled with key communication. Um, and that's a play in the word. I mean, for you to understand if communication is key or is the key, the communication that we want to use to open things. Now, during the 1960s when they had the Cuba Missile Crisis, you know, happening, and there were these two nations that you know about that were in, you know, loggerheads, and, and the world was at the brink of a nuclear war between these two nations. And um, one of the things was very important that the two leaders of these two nations would get the opportunity to communicate. One thing that came out of them was the establishment of a direct phone line from the president of this nation to the president of the other, the red telephone. They would sit on the desk of the president. You know, and you could pick it up. If the press of one button would be able to connect across the world you know, and establish communication. Because communication is key. Have you ever been uh, on a, f a phone call and, you know, and you're driving through and then suddenly there is a, uh, and you can't, there's what you're saying and, the other is, and, you, and there is a poor connection and your communication breaks down, yes? And you find yourself frustrated because what you're trying to express from this end is not quite being received on the other or what they're trying to express from the other end, you are not quite getting the full message. And therefore, communication is key. Ever been in a conversation with someone who just didn't seem to understand what you were saying? I love that line from Rashawa. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Nobody can understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. I hope that would not be the case this morning. Yes? <laughs> all right. All right. We all know the miscommunication or missed communication that gave us the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. If you know Romeo and Juliet, you know, it was, I could not deliver the letter because there was a plague and I was in quarantine. Okay, says the friar. And that led to the poor tragedy of Romeo. Have you seen the movie? Romeo and Juliet with, you know, and then he drinks this thing and then he, as he puts his head down, she wakes up. I was like, two seconds. Could you not have woken up two seconds? Missed, missed communication. So important. So this morning, hold on to your heads as we look at the importance of communication. Because what we want to do is when we communicate, we want to connect. Yeah? Everybody communicates, few connect. And we want to be a people group that communicates with purpose, that communicates for connection. So my first point this morning, upward communication. If you want to build strong, meaningful communication, we need to keep this line of communication strong. So, prayer. Pray and talk. What is prayer? Talking. Wonderful. Okay, and just a very simple message this morning. Okay, keep the upward communication going. Prayer, talk, as much as possible, as often as possible. The more, the better. But Jonathan, I really struggle with prayer. Anybody, or is it just me? I mean, I sometimes, when I start praying, and it's just like, I'm like, Daddy God, and then boom, I'm in this other place. And it's like, where am I going with this? You know, and what are you thinking about? And it's like, and then bring it back again, and I start. 
dear God, and then I'm gone again. You know, the moment I close my eyes, my mind starts to wander or wander, however you want to say it. Yeah? So pray as often as possible. And if you are really struggling with, then there's, the Bible is full of some examples, you know. The Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, you know, the, when the disciples said, Lord, how should we pray? And Jesus said, like this. And it's called the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the Disciples' Prayer. This is the prayer that the Lord gave to the disciples to pray. You know, it's a wonderful example. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and glory forever and ever. You know what? If you're struggling to pray, this is start here. And this is all we need to do. Just start here. You know? And maybe you'll pray this for a day, for a month, for a year. And that's all you can do. You know? Our Heavenly Father is like, you keep at it, mate. You keep at it, my son. You keep at it, my daughter. All right? And we will begin to see that we'll be able to branch off this prayer model into things that God really wants to bring in, out of our spirit and what His Spirit wants to pray through us. So start with, you know, and the other week, Pastor David talked about the prayer of Jabez. I love the prayer of Jabez. Yeah? And um, next slide, please. It says, the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Just a few, few lines, one verse in the Bible. And you know, it goes on to say, and the Lord answered his prayer. Ever heard people say, you know, don't pray selfish prayers? You know, don't pray for yourself so much. Somebody didn't tell this guy. This whole prayer, one of the most powerful prayers in the Bible, is all about me, me, me. You know, it's like so that we can get this thing. Come on, God. You know, I need to get this, this going. Bless me so that I can have a better perspective of who you think I am. I love the songs this morning. You know, one people speaking the same language, nothing will be impossible. First song, nothing will be impossible. Towards the last song, nothing will be impossible. In the middle, we had another song, and I'll come to that in a moment. Is what is the Holy Spirit saying to us this morning? Okay, He's been speaking to us from the moment we started singing. All right? So nothing will be impossible when we become one people speaking the same language. Let's get together. So the prayer of Jabez, pray without ceasing. Thirdly, pray without ceasing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I love this phrase, pray without ceasing. How many of you are praying right now? I know. It is a, it's a difficult phrase, right? It's like, how do I pray without ceasing? I've got so much to do. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, the gift, of, um, the gift of, of tongues, our prayer language that God has given us. You know, it's a powerful, powerful weapon, you know, forged so that we can fight against powers and principalities in the heavenly realms because it disengages your brain from what the Spirit is doing. You can break into prayer and your spirit can start praying at any moment. Like right now, you could be sitting there and your brain is fully engaged with me, listening to what, the God, is, what is God is saying through me, but at the same time, your spirit is engaged in continuous prayer in a language that you don't understand and you don't need to understand because the spirit is praying through you without ceasing. 
every time I start to pray, and I, and I get a few more words, because I really struggle sometimes to pray, and then I'll start off with, Daddy God, and then when my mind begins to bend, I'll, I'll break into speaking in tongues. And, you know, and I'm just like, and I rest in that, knowing that the Spirit of God is revealing through me and praying for things in my life that He needs to pray for, breakthroughs in areas that He needs to break through in, for family members, for, for work situations that He needs to pray through. I don't need to know what the Spirit is praying through me because the Spirit of the Father knows that and He reveals to the children. That's what Scripture says. So please, I want to really encourage you to practice your, your prayer language, to practice speaking in tongues. You could be at work, you know, plumbing, teaching children, doing accounting spreadsheets, and your spirit is at the same time praying because your spirit wants to pray for the person sitting next to you, the unsaved believer, for your boss, and he's just pouring out the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And because you're sitting there praying in your spirit, the Spirit of God is free to move in that space. Amen? So pray without ceasing in all situations. So rule number one, first point number one is upward connection. Our next point, inward communication. So upward communication, then inward communication. Cool. Cool. Connect, so the first word to inward connect, uh, communication is connect with yourself. Now, how often do we take stock of where we're at with ourselves? How well do we know ourselves? I was talking to um, Charlene last week, and she mentioned this person who's done, and there was an illustration that she mentioned. It's really stuck with me. And she said, this person does this thing. He gets a chair, and he sits it down, right? And he gets the person to stand behind the chair, and then says, introduce yourself who's sitting in the chair. If you were to introduce yourself sitting in the chair, what will you say about yourself? You know? And, and, I, and I found that such a sobering, such a confronting thought, because what is the communication I'm giving to myself? What are the thoughts that I have towards myself? I know marvelous are the thoughts that God has towards me. You know that song that we rang from Lauren Dangle this morning, the song that we sang? You know, it's like, when I'm feeling weak, you say I am strong. See, my thought is I'm weak. God's thought is you're strong. I'm feeling lonely, but God says you are here. I'm here. I'm unloved. God says you are loved. You know, I'm falling. No, I'm, I've got you. What are the thoughts that we have towards ourselves? What are we, what is the communication that we are talking to ourselves. Like Pastor David talked about um, the five prayer languages last week. Yes? Did anybody, do all of us know our prayer languages? Raise your hand. Your, sorry, love languages. Your love languages. If you know your love language. Because you see, I mean, you might be speaking, you might be speaking a physical touch, and she's talking about, she's speaking acts of service. You are talking gifts, and she's talking quality time, and we are missed communicating. Yeah? We are miscommunicating. And we are, we are both talking, but we are not hearing each other because we do not know our love language. So I was, while I was preparing this, because I had done this, this, um, this, the test, you can Google it, the five love languages test. It takes literally two minutes online, and it's just click, 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 click. It's just amazing. So I did it again. Okay, and you know what? I mean, if you did your, your love language test like 10 years ago, it's time for a change because people change. 
Okay, and we, we value things differently. I think my love language is something a little different than what it is now. Okay, and it was very interesting. I had um, a 40% physical touch and then a 23% quality time and a 20% words of affirmation. Such very, very small margins, okay? Uh, but what it does tell me is that I've evolved as a person because back when I did it back in the day, the, like, physical touch was like 95% or something, you know? It was like way up there, okay? So... Do self-assessments. You know, get to know who you, what your strengths and what your skills are. You know, there are so many online tests available to test your, your giftings. You know, we've got spiritual giftings that God has given us. Then we also have physical giftings that God has given us, things that we are skilled at. You know, you could be a marvelous administrator. Yeah? You could be someone who's an excellent chef or an excellent cook, you know, but what are your skills? Do you know what your giftings are? Where can you find yourself best fitted into the kingdom to serve God? Yeah, what has God equipped you with? Do a self-evaluation. Thirdly, uh, and then like yourself, the second point under inward communication, so first is connect with yourself, get to know who you really are, and then like yourself. What is your self-talk? What is your self-talk? Have you ever analyzed your thoughts about yourself? You know, have you thought about what am I thinking about myself? How capable am I of achieving this? What do I bring to this relationship that I'm in? Is it a positive contribution that you're thinking about yourself? Whenever you analyze yourself in a relationship, are you, are you the hero of the story or are you the villain? Hmm? Are you realistic in your self-evaluation and self-talk? You know, or are we sort of like with our head in the clouds? I love that when in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, when David, it's talking about David, and it said, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself. You know, there's a lot of people out there who's going to run you down, you don't need yourself to be one of them. Yeah? You don't need your... Yeah, you can be your best cheerleader. You know? Um, in that story, you know, we all know the story of the woman with the, uh, the issue of blood in the New Testament, and she reaches out and she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and he, she is completely healed. And there's a line that says, For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. You know? And you know, it sets us the precedent that the glory of God runs to the fringes you know, of his anointing. Yeah? It runs to the very fringes. Like, so when you walk into the car park, we say that's the edge of his garment kind of thing when you come into church. That's where the glory. You don't even have to. You can be in your home you know, watching this um, message through um, online and the glory of God is there. And if you say to yourself, if I touch the edge of his garment, or she could, be, she could have been like, her self-talk could have been like, my goodness, there's a literally 3,000 people thronging around him. I will never get through. What's the point? I'll just go and see the doctor again. You know? But no, her self-talk was, if only I touch the hem of it. What are you pushing forward for? What are you pushing through for? You know, Adam, I love uh, every opportunity that you share here, that, you know, you're getting a haircut is an opportunity. You know, going to the grocery shop is an opportunity. What is your self-talk? Are you looking for opportunities or are you making excuses? What is 
the self-talk that we've got for ourselves. You know, Zig Ziglar um, says something uh, fantastic. He's one of them. He was, he's, was a, a very powerful communicator. And he said, um, the most influential person who will talk to you all day is you. So you should be very careful what you say to you. Now, when you wake up first thing in the morning, what do you say? I was like, oh, I'm so sore. And I was like, oh. The scripture says, wonderful are you, right? Marvelous are your works. I know that so well. Yeah? And I've done this before, and I said, look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and say, hey, marvelous. You know? Because you are, I mean, that is scripture. You are speaking scripture. Marvelous are your works. I know that so well. Yes. Come on. You know, and speak that over yourself because that's what brings about the goodness of God within you, flowing out from you. The life of Christ flows out through you. So, inward communication. And then, of course, we have our outward communication. <sighs> then we come to, so, God, me, and then us. What are we talking to each other about? I'm going to get through my notes a little bit here. All right. That's good. You know what? Amazing facts. Some really good statistics that I'm going to throw at you this morning because um, it really rocked me when I, when I was reading this book and I came across this. So some of this is from um, John Maxwell's book, um, Everybody Communicates, Few Connect. And it says, more than 90% of the impression we often convey has nothing to do with what we actually say. More than 90% has nothing to do with what we actually say. Here's a few others. It says, in situations where feelings and attitudes are being communicated, what you say accounts for only 7% of what is believed. The way we say it for 38%, and what others see accounts for 55%. We do greater part of our communication through our eyes. You receive what you see, 55%. Not even hearing what people are saying. See, when I first walked onto this platform this morning, you had already made up your mind whether you're going to listen to me or not in the first seven seconds. That's what statistics tells us. Okay? I've got seven seconds to make a good impression. Okay, so when I walk up here, and if I'm coming like this, if I'm slouching and stuff, you've got like, or if I come up here and say, um, I'm not quite ready for this, you are just like turned off. I was like, he's not ready for it. What am I going to get out of this? Right? So when we walk up here and I stand up before you, and if I smile, you've got like, okay, he's smiling. So it's quite a good thing, right? So immediately makes you smile, you know, and we've got a bit of a rapport going. And I introduce myself, and then you sort of like, okay, I'm getting to know him a little bit. And then sort of that way we build a little bit more relationship. You know, but as you're looking at me, as you're seeing my facial expressions, my body language, you know, you're getting so much more than what I'm actually saying. Yes? So, outward communication. First one. Body language. Facial expressions. We do a great amount of communication through our face. The human face is extremely expressive, able to convey countless emotions without saying a word. And unlike some forms of non-verbal communication, Facial expressions are actually universal. Thank God for that. You know, so that me, being an Indian, I come here and I smile at you, you know, we are getting the same understanding, you know, 
while most of you are Caucasians. Yes, it's not like, what is he doing showing us his teeth? You know? <laughs> it's like there is no miscommunication. So, so facial expressions are quite the same. Okay, it's, it's universal. Then we have body movement and posture. Consider how your perceptions of people are affected by the way they sit, walk, stand, or hold their head. Now, I really struggle with this in my classes because the teenagers these days, you know, they sit halfway down the chair, like the slouch position, right? And to me, that gives me a message. It's like they're slouching down halfway through, their legs are sticking out the other side, and they're on the edge of the table, scribbling away, you know? Uh, and I'm like, the body language, the posture is telling me, not interested, I'm so bored, and then I'll pick on that kid, and I'll ask them this question that I know they're going to get wrong. And you know what? They just get it right every single time. <laughs> and I'm just like, but your body language is telling me that you are not listening to a single word, right? But for this generation, they're done with this. They've got this. I mean, I've got kids in my class who are just like, I'm speaking... And all they're doing is doodling. You know, like in their, I, I've given them note sheets and they're just doodling. They're not even highlighting anything or writing things down. You know, it's like, you should write this down. It's like, I've got this. You know, and they're just doodling. And then at the end of the lesson, I'll do a recap. And yes, they've got this. <laughs> and I'm like, your body language is telling me something else. Why it is? You know, but most of you are awesome because you're sitting up straight, you're listening, you're looking at me. You know, and I think you're getting it. Unless you, know, you are the different generation who's whom I think you're getting this, but you're not. <laughs> All right. Somebody said, that's me now. Gestures. Then we have gestures, okay? Gestures are woven into the fabric of our daily lives. You, have, you may wave, point, beckon, or use your hands when arguing or speaking. Animatedly, often expressing yourself with gestures without thinking. I was reading this, and they said, you know how we say, oh, how are you doing? I'm Okay. You know, it might be okay for us in Australia and much, much part of Pacifica to say, you know, this is okay. Um, but I, I read and discovered that um, if you're in Germany, please don't tell them that you're okay. Or if you're in Russia, don't do this. Or in Brazil, because you'll get yourself into trouble. Okay, this is a rude or apparently an offensive gesture, okay, in these three countries. So knowing what gesture is appropriate, you know, a thumbs up, yes, is always a good thing, right? How are you doing? Awesome unless you're Indian, yeah? Because in culturally, we call this the thenga. It's like talk to the finger, yeah? Okay, so it's like, you know, you can, you know, if you don't like what somebody says, just give them the finger and just walk away, all right? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yes, so gestures, so important, right? And knowing culturally appropriate gestures, I was, um. I had a wonderful encounter with Eddie, and I got his permission to share this with me. You know, and um, he had his goatee yes, uh, last week, if you noticed. How many of you noticed that he doesn't have a goatee today? No? All right, okay. And we had, he had his goatee, and it was awesome. It looked great looking goatee. The, but see, for me, um, he didn't have a mustache to go with it, you know, because my, my understanding. And see, growing up in Fiji, and 50%, like almost 30% uh, of the population is Muslim. And one of the things, well, I had some really close Muslim friends, and one of the things I learned from them was that, you know, um, imams and Muslim people, they will have a beard, but they will not have a moustache. That's a symbol of Islam for them, you see? So I see Eddie, and he's got a goatee, and there is no moustache, and my mind is just saying, Muslim, 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 Muslim. <laughs> and I'm trying to see Eddie, but my mind is just like, you know, 
but I thought he was a Christian. I know he's a Christian. <laughs> so I, I shared this with Eddie, and then, you know, God behold, what a wonderful gentleman that he is. He went home and shaved. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, awesome. But cultural context, yeah? Just as things we say without even realizing we are saying it, you know? Um, tone of voice. Not just what you say, but how you say it. It's so important, you know? And, but, like, but I never said that. But it was the way you said it, you know? But weren't you hearing the words? I couldn't. And it says one of the things is up there um, is, um, um, it says, your actions are so loud, I can't hear the words you're saying. Yeah? Sometimes our actions are so loud, people can't hear the words that we are saying. You know, eye contact, so important. I learned this as, as once again, growing up in Fiji, um, with Fijian people, they never make eye contact with you because it is considered disrespectful in their culture. So when they're talking to somebody who's older than them or in authority over them, they will never make eye contact. They will always look, look to their feet or look at the ground. And, they, and for them, that is showing respect. Me, look at me when I'm talking to you. You know? And they're like, Trying to, they look at you, and for them, it's like, I'm being so disrespectful when I look at you. So they'll immediately look down and say, I said, look at me when I'm talking to you. You know, and these kids, when I was teaching them, they struggle. And it took me a while to realize that, you know, when they're looking down at their feet, they're not being disrespectful. They're giving me all the respect that they can muster up. You know, and me, on the other hand, I'm just like, stop being so disrespectful. You know, cultural context. We need to educate ourselves so that we can know what it is that is being communicated. So body language is so important. Space. Have you ever felt uncomfortable during a conversation because the other person was standing too close and invading your space? <sighs> yes. So, you know, um, in, in some cultures, it is, it is really, um, the closer I am, that's I'm expressing to you how much I'm into this conversation. I really want to catch and grab a hold of every single one of your words. You know, and, and while you, and, and, and that person is trying to express their full, full commitment to your conversation. Whereas you, on the other hand, is just like, you know, get away from me. Get, give me my space back. And um, these are some of the things that we are communicating without even saying a word. So this morning, you know, when, when, um, when people come at the door, some of the messages that you got, and you might be thinking, like, first thing people say, like, when they come to church and... Uh, is it a smiling face that greets you at the door? You know? And what is the message that you get? What kind of a church is this? You know, based on where we sit. You know, I've been here for f over five years, and I think I've sat on that side once. Totally threw me. I was like, it looks so different from over there. Because I'm always like over there, or like sometimes up here when I'm preaching. But it's like, it was so different. I had to tilt my head the other way to look at the stage. You know, and are you that person who's found a, found a place and that's your seat? You know, and sometimes you come and somebody else is sitting there. What are they saying? Yeah. That's my seat. Didn't they know? It's like third row from the front, you know. Oh, two seats off in the middle. That's my, that's my seat. Don't the ushers know 
I'm going to have a talk to the pastor this afternoon. <laughs> you know? What is the message? The sublimable messages that they say they're going through our minds, the things that we are gleaning, you know? And we are sometimes taking on messages that are not even there. I was like, what did I say? If you've been married and you're a guy, right? There'll be moments like, when, what did I say? Nothing. Okay, good. <laughs> Apparently, I did say something though, right? Because nothing never means nothing. And all the ladies said? No? Just me? No. Okay. Amen. Thank you. One person. We have a witness. Right? By the testimony of two, it shall be confirmed. Yeah? All right. Um, and then other times it's like, what didn't I say? Was I supposed to say something? Did you have a haircut? No? Did you paint your nails? No? You didn't paint your nails? You had a haircut two weeks ago. Oh. No? Never happens in my house. It's just things I've learned, right? So just so that you know, I'm not sharing my own testimony. All right? Okay. Cool. So, three points for us this morning. Upward communication, inward communication, and outward communication. Remember, body language is so important. The way we talk to one another, the tone of voice, wh what we do with our eyes, with our hands, okay? With um, the inflections that we have. It is so important that we, we stay on top of it. This morning, um, as we were together... Um, and we were worshipping. The Lord gave me something that I wanted to share with you guys. And it's totally gone now. should have written it down. But outward communication, the final thing is value. How much do you value the person you're communicating to? See, we cannot, we cannot connect if we do not value the person. You know, God has shown his love to all of us. It says, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's inherent value. What Pastor David spoke about this morning, you are accepted when? From the beginning. Yes? Immediately intrinsic value has been applied. Okay? Even before I get to know you, or I share with you my name, or you share your name with me, I need to apply value to you because you are made in the image of the Most High God. You are a brother and a sister in Christ, you know, and you have value as a person and a human being. And that's what you bring to this conversation, to this communication. And that's what I need to bring to the conversation to add value, to value others. See, when we, when we learn to turn our focus from ourselves to others, the whole world opens up to us. You know, there's a time and a place for appropriate conversation. You know, and sometimes, you know, um, learn the skill when somebody says, how was your day, you know, in a busy greeting situation, are they asking you for download? You know, or is it a casual, hey, it's good to see you this morning. How was your day? Great. You know, if they want an intimate, how was your day? Come, sit down here. Here's a cup of tea. Tell me. That's the download moment. Yes? But if you're standing in a busy lobby, how was your day? You know, it's like, it wasn't so good. You know, would appreciate some prayer. You know, or... Hey, it was fantastic. God's doing amazing things. All right? Oh, hey, I need somebody to talk to. You know you got 10 minutes after the service? Sure. But right then and then, is it the time and the place? We are learning something new. How to communicate. 80% of a conversation, they say, is about listening. Is about listening. How was your day? What was the most significant part of your morning? And then 
genuinely listen. You know, one of the things I struggle with, I ask that question and immediately start thinking about what am I going to have for lunch? So the person starts talking and then they ask me a question about what they've just said. It's like, oh, so who's Sally again? You get my point? Has that ever happened to you? Thank you. All right. And so genuinely being interested in people, adding value. And starting from that place of, of, of valuing people and just saying, I'm going to give you my full undivided attention because this is what we are doing right now. I'm communicating with you. And your words are important to me. When we are in a relationship with our husband or our wife, or we're getting to know somebody personally, how much of the time do we spend on our phones while trying to have a conversation? And I saw a picture the other day, the fourth monkey. It's like the first monkey is see no evil, second one is hear no evil, the third one is say no evil. Now the fourth one sits there with his phone, who does all three. He sees no evil, hears no evil, says no evil. He's just completely absorbed in his device. So, stock take. Upward, inward, outward communication. Yes? Um, if the musicians would like to come up, I'm pretty much done. So, just want to invite you to stand to your feet and let's um, complete this with a word of prayer and we'll finish off with a song as the musicians come up and you've got like literally 30 seconds. So, because <laughs> I'm about to close with a word of prayer. All right. Um, I did ask for a word though um, and um, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Rivers? Um, just met you this morning, so I was ask, during worship time, I just um, was asking the Lord to give me a word, and I think your name came to me, and remember the H, you know, and, and I feel the Lord wanted me to let you know that the purpose of the H is the, is the, the Spirit of God, because, um, I mean, without the H, it's just a flowing river, but with the, spirit, with the H, it's like when God changed Sarah's name to, Sarai's name to Sarah, it was the ha, it's the Yah the Yahweh, the ah sound, the breath of God that comes into your, into your name. So I just wanted to encourage you that, you know, even before you were born, God gave a word to your mother to, to name you such so that you, your name would remind you of the presence of God in, his, in your life. Yeah. Yeah? yeah? So let that be an encouragement, buddy. Awesome. So let us pray. Daddy God, we just come before you this morning. We want to thank you so much that you are the great I am, that Lord God, with you and with the people who are thinking along the same lines, Father God, we can do impossible things, Lord God, because you are the God of impossibilities. Lord, we just praise you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.